Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our Sangha. Good evening. This evening's Dharma talk is when I can't teach. Well, obviously, there's no students. I can't teach. Or if I try to teach by writing a book or talking into a microphone with no one there, then I would have to invent some kind of a receiver. I don't think I can do that. I actually have to teach to someone who is showing up as a student. The true teacher is going to teach out of what he or she or they see, not that they won't be backed up by maybe years and years of study and uh, provisional teachings and knowledge could be a lot of that. And uh, a true student, I like to say it this way, is someone who is on receive, on receive, not receiving a little bit and then trying to figure that out or see if that fits in or see if that aligns with this teaching or that teaching or this teaching. So just receive. As I've said to many of you, not all, but many of you, you don't have to learn this in the conventional way. You just have to study it. Because how you you personally will understand these teachings is going to go way beyond any kind of relative knowledge that the person next to you may seem to be gobbling right up. When I can't teach, so of course, lots of conditional ways that's going to show up. But what I was endeavoring to use this as a topic or a subject matter title, talk title, is that uh, the student person functioning as at least my student has to be on receive. You have to receive whatever's coming forward, even if it doesn't look like teaching. So the idea there is for you or any of us or me to be a student. And to be a student is to observe, observe something, not just observe something for a few minutes until you get a few ideas of what that might be and then start speculating all the way around it hoping you'll hit the jackpot, hoping you'll short circuit because of your incredible insight, your ability to maybe have very high SAT scores. This, that could be a hindrance to seeing your true nature to some extent. If you're fixated on your incredible ability to what, take tests or memorize formulas and so on, not against that at all. But it seems to be important to receive. And then if, you, if you're receiving and then you will have questions that will come out of that, that might come out of your mouth, if you're receiving, might come out of your mouth before you really understand what it is you're even trying to know or trying to get a deeper understanding of. Be a student. And of course, these are all relative terms, the teacher, the student. Fundamentally, you can't teach unless you're a student all the time. And part of that process for different people may be noticing the way you continually uh, shut down on anything that is too, uh, it's too oppressive to you personally to not know what's going on, to just not know. And also to look at people next to you that, where you feel like they're really understanding because they're able to ask whatever, brilliant questions or something like that. But I don't have a lot to say about this. I can certainly answer questions. I just wanted to say, I bring all of us, all of our attention to, you need to receive this. When you study the Lanka, you need to receive it. Lanka is impossible to understand. Uh, unless you're a scholar, then you can take all of that and become very scholarly and uh, write all kinds of explanations of it. As Thais, uh, that's Tatero Suzuki did in the 1930s when he wrote his commentary on the Lanka Vatara Sutra. And I think he also translated it. She is on bowing. Yes, sir. You had mentioned about the true student is, is one who is on receive without meddling a lot with what's being received. Yes. Um, how do we work with the, um, the, the inevitable meddling or interpretation of the teachings, bowing? Perfect. Just, just observe the meddling, the, the spontaneous kind of uh, impulsive meddling where we start to push on something be aggressive or start to change something or interpret something or re-understand or reevaluate or analyze something, passion. So aggression, passion, 
and then just distracting ourselves up to and including not attending that class up to and including not studying that. I don't really care for the Lanka because it's too uh, convoluted, arcane, or whatever other kind of fancy word you may come up with. And you hear me say over and over again, study it anyway, do it anyway. If you return to the wall, uh, that, that kind of training is also just do it anyway, because sometimes the self-centered mind, the ego mind, wants so much to retain its its uh, place on the throne of me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, what I like, what I don't like, how wonderful my ideas are, and so on. It does not want to have that challenged. So if that starts to get challenged by not being able to understand, uh, sometimes we'll we'll back out of that. This is why we have vows, so that we, because this is not easy to do. So we receive, observe vows, soul robe, soul rocks, or whatever we may, we may do to help us, give us some kind of glue so that we can continue to return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha over and over again. And of course, the Tibetans, along with other organizations, came up with, uh, let's do 100 and, 108,000 prostrations instead of just nine. And let's not just do half prostration. Let's stretch the whole body out all the way up, all the way back down again. Prostrate all around the stupa is one thing, practice that happens with the little wooden blocks so they can slide in the dirt. Does that work? I don't know. Gives you something to do for sure. And especially if at the same time in your mind stream, you're saying, I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. I take refuge. In that case, you would say, I take refuge in the guru or the teacher. Repetition, 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 continually. Don't even know what we're doing. The more prostrations you do, if you've done a, a few thousand of them, you realize that it feels kind of useless. The ego mind starts to chime in and say, this isn't working. This isn't, how are we even doing this? This is not helpful. This is just a lot of work. This isn't helping my awareness practice. Don't evaluate. If you evaluate, you've left the spiritual path or whatever that interim may be where you're evaluating your practice. Because what evalu evaluations lead to conclusions. And then conclusions are like closing the door on something that you might want to look into for a while longer. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is there any reference point as a student to see if we are functioning as true students? Bowing. You will get feedback from the, from the teacher for sure. You will get feedback from the, the teaching, what's happening now, so to speak. And you'll get feedback from your fellow practitioners, Dharma brothers and sisters, who are also, they're working on training their mind, and they might not be so clear about what is what their disturbance is. They may still be working on that, but they're very clear about what yours is. Have you ever noticed how clear you are about how crazy other people are? Especially... Uh, if it's somebody you're seeing day in and day out and you see how they function. But in the, in the Sangha, we just, we just include them. If you're in another environment, you may criticize them. You may just not like them and might, may not attend that organization anymore. Wonderful. Are there different levels or kinds of receiving? I feel that there are. Uh, I don't know if I would, I'm not saying somebody hasn't somewhere spelled that all out. I would say it's just doing the best you can to listen and to whatever the teacher is doing. This doesn't mean you let the teacher off the hook. And if you see they're doing something that is confusing to you or they're, they seem to be abusing someone, take it to the teacher. Don't take it to gossiping about it. Take it to the teacher. If, if it's your teacher, not your teacher, then gossip away. Do whatever you want to do. None of my business. But if it's your teacher, take it to the teacher. I'm noticing that you're doing this. What about that? And then give the teacher the opportunity to say whatever they say. Maybe they'll defend themselves. Maybe they won't. Maybe some other dynamic is happening altogether that you didn't know about. Perhaps, but taking it to the teacher is very important. And different levels of understanding are going to show up depending on the relationship to the teacher. It depends on the chemistry of the teacher, your chemistry, or your uh, your connection with the teacher. and. So many variables are, are situations and variability uh, happens there more. How does our receiving affect the teacher or the teaching? You're giving the teacher permission 
to teach that the teaching person uh, is tongue tied more or less when it comes to someone who is just full of their ideas, like the old, uh, the old Zen teacher who's sitting there and uh, someone comes, I can't remember the whole story, but it, I can just uh, improvise a little bit. Someone comes into the, the hojo or the meditation room of the teacher and the teacher pours them, knows this person, pours them some tea. And when they pour, when he pours the tea, he just, it overflows. He keeps, until it runs off on the tatami or whatever's under the, there. And wait, 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 you're so overflowing. And then the teacher says something to the effect of just like your mind, your mind is full and there's no room for anything to go in. So you need to, I don't know if they said empty your mind or, or be able to receive not buy into all of your uh, your current knowledge about anything. Just a metaphor for being full of yourself, full of your ideas and so on. There you are presenting yourself to a teacher who, uh, and the teacher has the teaching in the form of tea. And, but your cup is loaded with your ideas, your conceptions, your, your hopes, your fears, and so on. Yes. If we are full of everything, our ideas and such, how would we receive from the teacher? If you have a teacher, then there's going to be something going on in that area. Or otherwise, you wouldn't, it would, just wouldn't last. It wouldn't work. There must be some kind of connection between you or whomever and the teacher, some kind of chemistry or some, something there that uh, have to begin somewhere. So they're, they're, you can't, a person couldn't be totally overflowing with their, excuse me, self-centeredness or their belief in themselves and so on. There must be some kind of opening there, or there wouldn't even be a teacher-student relationship at all. More. So what's happening when it looks like there's a full cup over here? Does it look like that to you? A lot of the time, yes. So that's awareness. That's awareness. The person that is in the story there, they're not aware that they're full of anything, particularly the way the story goes. And the teacher is showing them. The teacher is endeavoring to teach them through that example. Because that example is so kind of graphic, then there's a possibility the student might might realize that there's uh, that they're loaded with all their ideas, and and something may begin to to uh, fade away or empty out or not be so might might not be the tenacious grip on one's. Uh, knowledge or one's understanding for the sake of what security, so they don't look bad, so they don't get wrong. More. You know, do we have to let go of or get rid of anything in order to receive? Don't let go of anything. Just just see the see the fixation, see the grasping, and just 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 witness it. Don't push it away, because uh, or don't try to stop it. Don't do anything with it. Don't let go. Just see the see the contraction into a fist of my me and my ideas, my knowledge, what I know, what I understand. Just look at that. Because awareness, if there's just awareness, which means that you're receiving that fixation, you're looking at the confusion, you're not passion, aggression, and ignorance might be looking for a self that wants that different, wants that to be different, but it won't be able to get its foot in the stirrup. Because that that you can't ride there. There's no horse there to ride. There's no there's no energy there to go after this or run away from that or shut down. It's just just the fixation. And just look at the fixation. And that's that's painful. It's difficult, especially if you if you're starting to get a glimpse of the way in which you're contracted into a me and my stuff, my ideas, and you're feeling defensive and angry towards anyone, towards the sangha, towards the teacher, towards you know, whatever's happening, there's some, some, something is coming up like that, then just continue, just persist. Return, return, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, return to the wall, return and look at the fixation rather than going in with a materialistic approach of trying to dismantle it. Even though in a teacher seven points of mind training, there are lots of teachings that, uh, that talk about doing certain techniques to stop one thing or pop up another. I'm not against that. I'm saying maybe some of that could be helpful. I usually don't teach that. And if I do, uh, I might also add, or I don't do anything at all. Shoto. Shoto Bowing. Does um, <clears throat> receiving the teachings show up similar or like we would receive uh, like an academic teaching or something like that, Bowing? I'm going to ask you to paraphrase. I heard what you said. I'm going to ask you to paraphrase that so I can make sure. 
It was just the nature of that question. I want to make sure of what you're actually asking me. Does receiving look like our idea of what receiving is? It's a good paraphrase. That does tell me what you want to know. Probably not. But we have to start somewhere. But fundamentally, the receiving part is is uh, is kind of scary, and it, because it's not because the the self centered aspect of the consciousness, the ego mind, is starting to get it. It probably feels that something's up, something's not being protected over here, and so the and but the connection with the teacher is very powerful. Quite often, one one can feel strong connection, even devotion. You might even use that word devotion to the, to the, the guru or to the lineage, uh, to, and to all the lineage holders down through the centuries. Might feel a connection with a particular teacher. Uh, just out of nowhere, suddenly you're, as I felt many, many years ago, connection with Karmapakshi, the second Karmapa. I don't know why. But there was. But there's always a feeling of being kind of inadequate. This is how ego, because ego wants to do that. So there's a feeling of inadequacy there, which reveals to us uh, that aspect of the consciousness that is that wants something, that still wants that kind of greed. Sure. Um, if we're seeing how we're resisting or there's a lot of tension, is there still some receiving in that? Yes. No, you're, you're aware of what it is. That's, that's the beginning. It's always about awareness, never, never about success or failure. Awareness. As I sometimes say, if you attain realization, you won't know it. Won't be anybody left to get a credential or anything. What what is fundamentally real is can't be threatened by anything. There's no success and failure. There's no life and death there, though the person maybe traipses along and stumble over their own robes. When you buy, it may have already been asked, but when. Will we know when we're receiving? Knowledge? I think eventually you understand that when you have no idea what's happening and you're, you're listening to the Dharma, uh, especially from your teacher, and you're not sure what is happening. You're not sure really clear on what that's about. Then you're probably receiving. If you know what, you know what you're being taught, then you've, you put up a, a bunch of interpretations about that, and that protects you from that, from from actually wisdom. It, it gives you very extensive relative knowledge. When you're bowing, so I and I think I asked this before too, but I'd like to hear it again. Is there any um, necessity to surrender in receiving bowing? No. You may, you may find yourself looking back that you, that that might be a word that you might apply to some aspect of your path that you just, just gave up. So on some level, you just gave up, but you didn't do that. It just, you just kind of got worn out of fighting with uh, the nature of your world, the nature of your life, the nature of your practice, the relationship to the teacher, relationship to the, the Sangha or the, Uh, teaching more. When you're bowing, so when one gets worn out, is that more openness than when one is resisting bowing? Yes, but it's not the kind of openness that provides a credential. I'm so much more open now than I was three weeks ago or eight years ago. The openness can't find someone who's open. There, there is, there's no, you, if you have a conversation with this person, you can have, they can have the same everyday conversation that you've been having with them for weeks or years, whatever. But you may not recognize that until you recognize who you are. You, everyone else you see, you will think is a particular person. Don't you have another question around that? I do, but I lost it. See if somebody else found it. You don't see anything with the Buddha. It doesn't mean you don't see different personalities and people and issues and problems, but you don't see anything but just this. I see you guys out there. Go ahead, Pao Shan. 
Falsham bowing. When I'm in an interview with you. We have interviews? With you, yeah. Yeah. Um, How were those? Well, that's my question. During the interview, I feel like I'm listening and receiving, but many times straight after the interview, I can't remember anything that you've said. Um, mm -hmm. So what's the difference between receiving and remembering what you receive? Like, yeah, you don't have to no. remember. You don't have to remember anything as a, as a, you know, nobody's going to test you particularly. That being said, you will remember things. What you need to remember, you'll remember. If you're there and you're paying attention and you're training your mind, there has to be a lot of mind training, a lot of sit down, hold still, watch the movement of the mind come and go. Then when you come into the, the, the hojo or talk to the teacher, ask questions, then you'll, re you'll receive just what you need. No pass or fail happening there. Other than other than in the mind of the person who comes in for Dogasan. More. Uh, Pasham bowing. Often I'll look back at some questions that I've asked you months ago, and I'll find myself asking the same question. Um, Trying to see if I'm going to ever get it right. <laughs> no, I'm. Am I needing to receive more? Because I'm asking the same question. I, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I just, you can be, that question can sound the same, but somehow we're still, we still need to hear a response to it. And that response can change. It might be the same thing over and over again, but more. Sure, Valley. Is receiving different from learning? Um, so learning, you know, it's all kinds of learning information, learning formulas, learning how to do this, how to do that. And <clears throat> so there's a, there has to be some receiving happening there. You can't learn how to, to uh, operate a motor, motorized post hole digger. You know, and you might have to think, eh, I just have to go back and dig it by hand because I don't know how to make this thing work. Follow me. So, so yeah, you're going to have to receive something about it. And uh, receiving a particular formula abstraction of how to do that. You're reading it and it says, okay, look at the green handle, pull that down, move this this way and that way. So, so you're going to have, is that, I'm not sure what you're asking about, but I'm just using that as a metaphor. Go ahead. To paraphrase it, um, is receiving the Dharma different from learning the Dharma? Going to need to do a little of each. You're going to have to receive it. At some point you are the Dharma. The Dharma is just talking about the nature of reality, the nature of the, the illusion of self and other. There's someone here, there's a body here, and there's a body over there, and, and the conclusion that you're relatively going to come to is we're separate. The issue that if that continues to go on without communication, cooperation, collaboration, we're going to have warfare because there'll be basic disagreements. Even in Sangha, there's disagreements that are difficult, as I'm sure you've noticed. You, ha you don't have that many, though. I can't think of you as having particularly. I'm looking at your various pals. <laughs> so, but our idea of how a thing is, something is, and then we come together with somebody, especially somebody who's training their mind and isn't just analyzing you, but is actually receiving what you're saying, that particular mix may not, that other person may have a different understanding of what it is that you're, so that's why Sangha is so incredibly important. But that's difficult. Sangha is, whew, it's very difficult because you've got other people who are also confused, but are but have the inclination, the intention, and the inspiration to train their minds to see the truth based on what they read on the platform scripture or on the Diamond Sutra or heard from a particular Dharma teacher or from one of their friends who feels like they've made a lot of, uh, gotten a lot of understanding from practicing. Did I get to the question? Did you have a question? Did you have a question? I don't, but a few people online do. I'd like to hear them. Uh, the first from Chris Smith. Yes, Chris. How do I live? What do you think, Mason? I mean, Takado. How do, how do... <laughs> <laughs> Takado says, huh? <laughs> 
So I'm not sure. I understand, you know, your question is very simple and direct. And, uh, but, uh, I don't, the only express, uh, the only response I can come back with is don't die. It's relative. Now, if you meant something else there. <laughs> and I'm not particularly trying to be cute. I'm just using the, the particular shaved, shaved down kind of question. I'm giving you uh, some of the shavings. A question from Amara. When one is in the place of finally receiving, does that mean it's because they are truly loving one or the situation with unconditional love because receiving is to accept and real love embraces all? No. To follow, uh, add to that a little bit, since that's kind of a abrupt response, but you, you know, you're, you're, you're fleshing it out. You're romanticizing it a little bit too much. And that, that actually is not helpful. It's not that the romance can't come out of the awareness, but don't take the concepts uh, into and try to fluff up the awareness with some kind of quality of, of love and acceptance and some kind of romanticism. It's not that that won't show up. It can, but it doesn't show up as, as an expression of other. It shows up as just what it is, not separate, but may not have a particular feeling dynamic to it. You might not particularly enjoy awakening. Ondo. What is a true student? Receive. <clears throat> whatever's, whatever's showing up, receive that without adding your commentary, your interpretation, your prefab ideas about what is happening. In other words, don't shield yourself, speaking about the teacher-student relationship. Don't shield yourself with what is, what is showing up with your conceptions, ideas, judgments, evaluations. But if you do that, then just don't, don't go into some kind of double negativity about it. Try to stop the very negativity that was showing up. Just be aware of that. Give that your attention. That's your teaching. More? Can you shield and receive at the same time? You could if there's awareness around that you're protecting yourself, and but you're also you're you're receiving what is coming from uh, what in this situation that we're talking about, I think, from the teacher, and you're also realizing you're trying to defend yourself or, or reinterpret what is being showing up there with your own more presentable and more acceptable understanding of what uh, that teacher is pointing at. But if you have a lot of awareness around that, if you practice a lot, then you're going to see lots of nuance around what arises and how much the ego mind just wants to lay something on that. It does not want to take a straight drink. It does not want the straight situation. It wants to modify that so it's a little bit more acceptable, so it can still fit in, so there can be some, shall we say, fragrance of me, me, me. Uh, I'm, I've, my... My ego has been transcended, but there's something still around to kind of witness that that ha has happened, which is still more me. Goodbye. Can we initially reject and catch ourselves? And come We're going to have to reject for a while. You're going to there's going to be some kind of rejection of the teacher. Quite often that happens. We continue to do that until we we continue to endeavor to receive. And it's different with everyone. So I would say, don't do anything unless you have to. And in my situation, I said, don't believe a word I say. On one hand, that that might sound kind of ridiculous. Uh, and then to somebody else, that might actually magnetize that person. Not that I'm endeavoring to magnetize someone in that way. But that might be, oh, this is someone that's asking me not to believe anything they say. So it might make one more curious. But it's the same cave of demons that everyone is dealing with. I get stirred up. So we have to look at, we have to look at those demons. We have to look at those negativities, passion, aggression, ignorance, uh, avarice, envy, greed, jealousy, on and on. We have to, we have to look at that without shutting it down, aggression, without fluffing it up or explaining why it's happening to us. And the, the path maybe involve a lot of witnessing how you keep generating ideas around things that, that you're, uh, not really clear about, but are scary or frightening or make you feel um, ashamed or make you feel wrong or somehow some kind of polarity starts to happen. I'm never going to get this. 
I can't understand this. I've been doing all this practice and yet I'm still just getting worn out because I don't seem to be making any progress here. Do it anyway. Yeah. What role does trust play in receiving? So trust is a little, um, that's worked with in different ways. You could say don't trust anybody or anything. You know, look at everything, but don't, don't trust it because trust quite often is a, we start to trust something, maybe at first it's okay, but then eventually it just covers the situation up. So you just trust it. You know, you no longer look at that or question that. So I would say when I talk to people about relationship to me as a teacher, if you if they give me the benefit of the doubt, consider it. If you see something you don't understand, let's talk about it. Especially don't take that, that whatever you're seeing there, talk to other people about it. Talk to, talk to the teacher about it. No, don't go into gossiping. Is that is that where you were headed, or is there something else? So you might you might eventually uh, find yourself trusting the teacher. Um, I, I, that's I found that with uh, um, I found that with uh, uh, Trungpa uh, within a first year or so that I met him, but I, I didn't really trust Kobe until after he had passed on. And I realized that what he had been doing to help me. And then I totally trusted my understanding of what he was pointing at. Joe Bowing, um, however you're saying trust can kind of shut us down or conclude, how does the trust in the teacher um, have intelligence in it? So I can make up some stories, but it could be that you've looked at it so thoroughly and you looked at all the different avenues that one could take with your self-centered mind, your ego mind, and how you've been dealing with things so far. And here's somebody that every time you see this person relate to students or relate to questions uh, on the spot, that they're, they're precise, they're right there on the spot with that. So then you may, this is what happened with me, as I saw that everything that the Trump Rinpoche also had a lot of uh, a bad press, you know, I don't know what kind of crazy stuff he was doing. All I know is that for for my my connection with him as a teacher, I really needed his help. I, I had to trust him. Did I respond to the question? Want more? How how did that trust in Trumpa um, affect when bad press came up? I never took my eyes off from what he was doing. I didn't have the opportunity to speak to him personally, or I would have. Uh, for one thing, I didn't I didn't uh, promote uh, what he was doing, and I didn't particularly defend it. Uh, I, I, I just would say, I, I don't know. I don't understand why that's happening. All I know is he's helped me, and he seems to have helped a lot of other people. So, but I didn't necessarily, well, that's, say, well, that's not true. There's an article in 1975 Harper's about a seminary in 19, in 1975, Vajradatu Seminary that, uh, uh, I think that, that was at, uh, um, someplace in Colorado. I can't think of the name of the place. Do you, do you remember what that was? Anyway, and there was a, a lot of falderal going on there with the community and he was, uh, acting wild and crazy, but he allowed a lot of people to come in that, that really wanted to come in and he wanted just senior students of his and he had people come in who, who uh, through some kind of politics managed to come to the seminary and they got upset about stuff he was doing. And uh, there's a big article in Harper's. So I got to read the Har article in Harper's and also have a firsthand connection with somebody who was there who told me what happened. So, but all of it is full of hyperbole and speculation. And so I just give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't have to believe them. My situation is I became, came to trust him. I had to because of the, the, what I was dealing with in my own mind stream, I had to have that kind of help. I couldn't, couldn't have halfway measures. Well, Devine, when you, um, Say, why can't the teacher teach? I think is the title, or why can't you teach? When I can't teach. When you can't teach. I'm trying to understand the 
impact a student has on a teacher? Um, is it really our um, inability to receive the teaching? That's a little bit. It's it's. We've set up a situation where this can happen. We have the Zoom technology, which is pretty new, and we have a, we have a monastery, um, which was not here 10 years ago. So we've set up a structure whereby we can take these teachings from 2,500 years ago that were brought to me through, um, through the Tibetan tradition and Zen tradition, which is where I started out as in Zen tradition. I'm not sure what what it is you want to know. Well, I'm just wondering if there's like different levels of receiving, therefore different levels of um, inspiration for the teacher, or maybe I think it's all over the place. It's very situational because the karma that you came into this with, or anyone comes with all kinds of different ideas and um, difficulties, and. I'm not sure what else to say. There's no, there's no one clear opening where everybody has to fit through that in that way. Do we as um, Sangha members limit your teaching, Bob? I don't think so. You support it. I couldn't do this. If there were no students, I wouldn't do this by myself. Everybody went away. If everybody just started studying under Chazon, we don't need that old man anymore. We've got Chazon. I'd probably stop teaching. I'm being a little silly, but not exactly. Nothing lasts. Nothing lasts. Everything, every, all compounded things go away, including this or anyone here. Any questions on Zoom? I see there's uh, so many people out there. I can't see all of you. There's 40, is it 48? Close on bowing. There's a, been a question in the chat box. Would you read it, please? From Melissa. When I look at something far away and think it is one thing, but then I get closer, I see what it actually is as my interpretation turned into receiving bowing. Did you say has my... Interpretation return as it, yeah. As I would say so. It says uh, even in the mind stream, when something shows up, you might have to look at it for a while. Uh, it might fade out, might come back, but just receive, just receive. And if you tend to, when something shows up, if you add on to it interpretations, then just be aware that you're doing that. Don't necessarily try to clean up your act, so to speak. That's a misunderstanding. Trying to improve. Any other questions? Gyokuro bowing. Gyokuro, go ahead. Is there a, a way to see our biases or preconceptions when we're trying to receive what's being said? Bowing. Well, I think that, yes, you, you would already be seeing some of that. As soon as we enter into any situation, we start to see the way the mind throws up little little screens or little little ideas or conclusions about other people, about the teacher, about the situation that we're in, about the relationship between you and the teacher, the relationship that your teacher has with another person. All kinds of things can come up to, to create uh, disturbances in the clarity of what you're receiving. It, it seems like there might be some, some things that are unconscious. Is, are there any indications um, that we're operating out of that, not seeing something? Well, there could be. There's all kinds of things going on in the, the mind stream that are not necessarily in the conscious area. So it could be, but just continue, 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 keep return. Return to the cushion, return to the practice, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, return to the teacher, that what is being taught, whether it's the current teaching that's happening or whether it's something that was delivered 2,000 years ago as a 
part of the lineage. Kian Bowling, earlier you said um, each of us has our own particular mix or something like that. Do we need to know our particular mix, Bowling? Well, I guess you're doing that anytime you go to the cushion, sit down and face the wall, you're getting a pretty clear picture moment by moment of your whole dynamic, the way you protect yourself, the way you protect your self-centeredness, the way you protect your belief in an individual self that can win or lose or get better or get worse or live or die, all the polarities, all the eight worldly dharmas and on and on. So you will get to know yourself pretty well. Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche would say, make friends with yourself. Uh, That doesn't mean convert yourself into a nice person. Just make friends just like you would make friends if you had a neighbor who was uh, difficult or argumentative or having trouble with boundaries between properties or something. You know, you might extend yourself in some way. Or you might keep your distance. um, as I've shared with you before, we have a neighbor who is not someone I particularly want to go over and talk to. Although I've had people say, oh, you should go and talk to them. <laughs> not going to do that. Because of the flag they fly. And you, you can't, you can't really, you can't really go uh, into uh, the neighbor's yard or into your own mind stream with some kind of intention that you're going to change it. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go in and rip out your neurosis and replace it with uh, Tathagata Garba or sunshine or something like that. You can just see see the nature of what this is because it's not separate from the Buddha. Further questions if you have them? I have a few more minutes, I suppose, if you want to take them. Yes. Is there anything we can do to receive when it seems like questions aren't showing up or there's resistance? Just look at it. You don't have to particularly crank up any questions. Even though I sometimes I say, come on, give me some questions. But if if nothing is forthcoming, you You can also, another way of approaching that, you can ask on behalf of others. If you're in a group where uh, uh, the person who's giving a Dharma talk and you, you're listening to the talk and you think, I don't really have any questions about that. Uh, you might hear things in that Dharma talk that you could ask about that, that ask that teacher to clarify because uh, you might be asking on behalf of others who may not have the clarity. It may not have enough clarity to even ask that question. This is something that happens in what's the, in Lanka. Was it Mahamati? Um, ask questions on behalf of all beings. If we formally stepped in and asked you to teach us, is there anything we can do to keep you from teaching? Get me really drunk. I won't be able to teach. Or say don't drink, so that might be difficult. What do you want to know? Do I always need to be actively giving you permission to teach? Is there something about... No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Just receive. You know, you're already giving me permission. Just by being your, you're a monk, you're a fully ordained monk, you've been here for several years. So that's already the case. With some other people, it's quite a bit different. Some people I've known for many, many years, and I've never really gotten permission to teach them. So I just keep meeting them where they're at, and they're hesitant to ask me anything. Kevin Bowing, it, it seems <clears throat> in our culture there's a suggestion that if there's some resistance in our minds, that's an area we should go into. But in your example of not wanting to go to your neighbor is... Is that a, is the Dharma gate not taking the action of going into a difficult situation, but rather seeing the resistance in the mind bowing? Yes, 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 yes. It's always about awareness. It's never about anything you do or don't do. It's, I mean, it, of course, it's something. You need to get to the wall. You need to 
study the the teachings. You need to talk to the teacher. You need to relate to the community. So on our so we have several things that we're saying. These are forms that you need to work with if you want to study the Buddha's Dharma. You're going to have to work with that. But yes, my uh, example there of a neighbor. I, I already can see that this is not something you're going to have a con somebody you're going to have a conversation with. Uh, Years ago, maybe that kind of differentiation, there would have been some more opening, but not these days. Not after what is about to be the anniversary of what happened yesterday or a year ago, yesterday, uh, tomorrow. That's a pretty extreme, but it's been going on for centuries. It's not anything totally new. That kind of well, complete disregard for the welfare of others. Kevin Boeing. There seems to be a lot of talk in the last four or five years about like bridging the divide and talking, having conversations with people who are different than you and so on and so forth. But it is, is there a way of doing that that isn't about getting a credential of being a wonderful person who's bridged divides bowing? So if I understand your question, I would say if it comes up spontaneously, then you might want to do that. But but I wouldn't. But just re relate with it like it is, rather than look at it look at it as if you've got to accomplish something. You know, someone comes your way that is pretty crazy uh, and having has a lot of aggression going on or something like that. Just uh, pacify the situation. When I say pacify, just try to keep things calmed down because there's no point in and and operating uh rotating into somebody else's insanity with the idea that you're going to somehow heal them or solve their situation people are going to have to do that themselves each person has to do it themselves as far as the spiritual path mundane path i'm not saying there aren't medications that could help a person temporarily but it's always temporary it can come back later even later in this lifetime or in the next lifetime if it's not understood now that's why I say, you hear me say over and over again, before you pass into the elements, find out who you are, so no doubt. So when this body starts to careen off the cliff, uh, you got a smile on your face because you know what this is. You're not afraid of that. When I say you've got a smile on your face, may not, may not, but you're also not, you're not uh, somehow terrified that you're going into the unknown. Although you are. Then why aren't you afraid? Because you are the unknown. You can't go into something uh, unless it's other. Go ahead. Joyce Bowen. Go ahead, Joyce. Following Jiazong's question, I'd just like to ask, am I giving you permission to teach me, Joyce Bowen? Yes, you are. Thank you. Anybody else want to check in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone here is, people are different. Everyone, uh, not everyone's going to become a monk. Um, people that I, I see here on Zoom, I might never see face to face and I might never meet you. But if you're here and you're at least listening to what is being said, and you're listening not only to what I say, uh, but you're listening to the quality of the questions coming from others who have been studying this for many, many years, and you hear that dynamic uh, between uh, the, the teaching person, this guy, and the student person, the, uh, part of the community that's here, the what, 45 people are on screen and the other uh, 15 people are in the, in the Zendo. A fair amount of people and asking uh, questions and, and a response about that. Some, sometimes that's, uh, uh, that's the way you might need to understand or learn. May never have to come here. There's no, there's an open invitation to anybody who wants to come, but you might have to go through what is that big hammer, the COVID hammer? Yeah, where we whack people several times and if they handle it, then, then we give them a COVID test. <laughs> now, I don't mean to mean, make light of that because that's a, that's people are su suffering and dying. Our good friend, uh, uh, Terry Palmer, who came here and did a seminar for us on deep consciousness several years ago, just passed away last. New Year's, Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. He was only 75, died of COVID in the UK. So some of you probably, I know some of you here met him, and some of you out there might have met him also. 
take a final question if there is one out there. I can't see uh, if you raise your, if you do this, I might not be able to see you because there, I can only see 25 people at a time and there's 45 total there. So if you want to type something in the chat box or yell, you could yell. Okay, we can close then. Thank you. This penetrating to all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. of the ten directions in the three times. Please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddha's temple monastery, its buildings, gardens, and all adjoining areas from any and all dark or negative energy. Remove and dissolve any negative energy or devices. Fill everything and everyone with light. Please shield and protect with light our teachers, monks, students, and all practitioners of the Dharma, our families and friends of negative forces and energy from now on. Help us to realize the truth of the Buddha's teaching. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokozan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.